Hi everyone, this is Saloni and welcome to another episode of Unheard with Saloni. A podcast where inspiration meets practical advice from women who are striving and thriving in Nepal and outside. My guest today is Grace Ronyar. Grace Ronyar is among the few female traders on the Nepal stock exchange floor. She wanted to be a fashion designer growing up and today has found herself working in the finance industry. She is the youngest representative of the Nepal Investment Forum and Sher Lagani Kartasang. She was the co-founder of Investing with Grace and imparts financial literacy knowledge to women, cures and the younger generation. Like she likes to call it, she's a trader by mind, an investor by heart and a philanthropist by soul. Welcome to the podcast Grace. Hi Saloni, hi everybody. Thank you such lovely words there. It's very interesting how you put it though. Um I'm delighted to be here. So excited for this. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the episode today. It's one of my first podcasts, so I'm really nervous, but I'm very excited as well. And I'm glad that I could be a part of your podcast journey. Thank you. Grace, working in finance, what is the most often asked question by your non-finance friends? Um I do have a lot of non-finance friends who call me regularly. and the most so it's the funniest thing they ask how is the market whenever there is like you know a sort of a dip or whenever there is aggressive growth in the market i just receive a call saying market the ghat the market the body the ki chali asa ki garyo once so that's the most interesting um question that i get often yeah. uh, do you have a daily ritual that you swear by or something you can't imagine your day without Um yes I do I do have a ritual so one of my rituals is so there are two of them so one of my rituals is morning um I wake up and without freshening up I just have two or three glasses of warm water mm-hmm. so one 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 glass or one mug one proper mug is water lime and turmeric so it also spiritually cleanses your body also um on the biological bit it's very healthy it's apparently very healthy So that is one of the rituals and then the second one is whenever I freshen up um I straight go to the puja room um I'm not a very religious person but I'm very spiritually uh, inclined I must say so what I do is I pick up um jo the thing that they say surya namaskar with water jal so what I do is I offer water to the sun um and I ener- I observe the energy from the sun so it's almost like you know cleansing your mind awakening your spirits letting the sun's rays pass through you is what i get my energy from mm-hmm. on a daily basis and this has to be done no matter what whatsoever so yeah that's how i start my day yeah it's very interesting because not many people in our generation would be religious and i know you said you're not religious you're spiritual but uh, still i there is the whole part of yes. surya worship right yes. worship yes. the sun god so it's just taking the rays of the sunlight into your body and saying you know um all things yeah. done and said i hope i have a good day yeah. please energize me that's all okay growing up you wanted to be a fashion designer <laughs> today you're one of the few female traders on the nepal stock exchange floor how did that happen Let's just say it's the play of the stars. <laughs> I was meant to be something else. I mean, I always believed I wanted to be a fashion designer. Um it took me a bit of time, like a few years, but then I also realized and also aligned with the manifestation that was happening in my life. So hence that is when I realized, you know, not all dreams are meant to be fulfilled. 
sometimes you have to give some in order to take some so that's how i'll put it that's very beautifully put i mean i lost a lot yeah it's not like um it didn't um, it didn't hamper me it hampered me to an extent that i was like you know lost for a couple of years mm-hmm. i lost a couple of years of my life trying to figure out what i wanted to do in life so one of the messages probably our audiences might want to understand is if you've lost one of your dreams it doesn't mean your life has to end there you know you might take some time do obviously take some ta- take that amount of time recover heal yourself re-energize and then realign to whatever your reality based life is mm. so you also have to be on um, the grounds of reality as well as understand that you know not all battles are meant to be fought yeah. there's always a better opportunity exactly yeah. <laughs> how was your initial experience with trading wow <laughs> so um the initial experience like so i have had two different experiences because i was initially i studied um banking and insurance in my undergraduate so which is why my educational background was aligning to whatever i was meant to do in the finance where um it was a family loss a personal suffering for my family we had to shut down the garment factory that we our family owned since um few decades hence that aligned us to getting into a new um opportunity in life so that was a personal suffering but a suffering brought out an opportunity in that so that was probably my life my stars manifesting the finance bit for me that is how i entered the stock market but i came back to active investments like on a daily basis in 2016 17 after my return from the uk after i graduated um i did my masters in there and then i came back by then i also had the understanding of foreign markets because i worked in the london stock exchange for a bit whilst i was in the uk so i did get an um, understanding of the larger market capital markets its functions um its developments the gap between nepal market and the international market which is why it bought me a very good understanding knowledge of where we are of what we were doing in the nepal market nepal market is obviously very slow it's regulated it's backed by a lot of laws policies it's backed by central government and its agencies obviously but at the same time it was controlled back in 2015 16 by like you know a group of very certain powerful people i must say um it was pretty much very much whatever they say in the market in the one of the most um one of the most anxious youngest lady trader in the floor back in 2016 i was told like i was given a lot lot of information and um everyone must be giving their opinions <laughs> constantly no thinking I, they yeah, need they, to let you know how to do stuff so so uh, one of my very dear friend and my co-founder with investing with grace she mentions mansplaining <laughs> so i, I know <laughs> what you mean yeah i know what you mean here oh yeah i was like mansplained morning day night yeah. it was like lunch dinner breakfast you know mm-hmm. that happened but then um i also knew i had my backbone in my place mm. probably um the business blood and the guidance from my father who happens to be a prominent figure in the market who is also my guru in the fundamentals bit so he gave me the fundamental um knowledge the pr the network in the market which was existing in the family business itself so that was something mm-hmm. i was um served 
before even I could understand, you know, the value and the weight of it. Then every day was just another learning. It was very anxious as a woman. Mm -hmm. As a daughter, it was very challenging because, you know, taking care of the numbers, maths, like I, yeah. trust me, Saloni, I hate maths. A finance is daunting <laughs> itself. I hate maths myself, but, you know, come on, doing that on a daily basis and then accumulating that sort of information, making it into knowledge, transferring it into um translating the whole information data into practical actions and implementations like you know making a purchase planning um certain mm -hmm. strategy was very daunting oh my god don't ask me it gave yeah. me goosebumps day yeah. morning night like no one gave back gave yeah. me feedback until then i realized i was doing what i was supposed to do and mm -hmm. i was like you know okay probably life will happen yeah. i just yeah. gave it time 2018, 19, and 20, I was a bit far from the market. I suffered a personal loss, a very deep personal suffering. That triggered me back again, like 12 years later, again into this market. But this time, oh my God, this time it was more, I was well equipped inside out. I mm. had the brains, I had the knowledge, the understanding. So everything I learned in bits and pieces within these 10, 12 years, mm -hmm of wanting or unwanting to do like you know the whole um the whole information knowledge the trades that we did within the span of 10 years a decade almost actually transluded into real knowledge after 2019 20 it was it was a god's blessing for me because i could actually see the market and understand what was what it was all those years of, you know, putting in all the effort throughout oh, yeah. and being consistent at it that paid off. Uh, before I move into that, I just wanted to know, you know, you were talking about the whole experience was so daunting. Yeah, right? yeah. There was so much of anxiety. It was very challenging. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with all of that? The mental I'm, bit. I of am it? usually, initially, I would not call myself a very patient person. Mm -hmm. Initially, everything was a blur. Um, like a few, a few of, few, so one of your podcasts mentions Mansi, I think, mm -hmm. yeah, she mentioned some of my days were in blurs. Yeah. Exactly that, you know, most of my days were in blurs. I didn't understand, but I was doing it wholeheartedly mm -hmm. because I had the purest of intentions. Mm -hmm. A, my karma was right then mm -hmm. because um, obviously I was doing things right and I was doing things with the best of energy and whatever expertise I had back then, mm -hmm. right? So I did that. Even if it was um, fruitful, even if it was not fruitful, it turned out to be the way it was. Then, initially, I was very um, lost. So what I did was, I tried doing Vipassana. Okay. I went on to Vipassana. Yeah. I did the 12, 10 days course, but it was 12 days, obviously. Um, How was that experience? It was, so I, so okay, I won't say that I'm a very uh, yoga-inclined person. Mm -hmm. I don't meditate. I don't know why I don't find the effort to do it. It's okay. Uh, but I realized it didn't actually, you know, heal what parts of me needed to be healed. Mm -hmm. But I found something else, which was very another sharp skill that market needs. Detachment. So mm -hmm. it taught me detachment. I so I don't know what happened the 10 days 
people come back with you know enlightenment people come back with either enlightenment or nothing at all they don't understand the whole um, concept of it for me i didn't understand most of, most of it but i came back with detachment i don't know how that works but it happened i could detach emotionally mentally on every scale after that like you know um, step wise obviously i didn't practice it on a daily basis but then i realized it taught me also detachment with my emotions which is the best skill you want to have in a financial market because making financial decisions um swaying with the information um controlling the information or letting out certain bits and parts of your trades everything needs emotional detachment and emotional control Mm-hmm. and that is what vipassana gave me mm-hmm. at that point of time it was not exactly what i wanted in mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. i wanted like you know inner peace mm-hmm. i wanted mm-hmm. to be aligned with my destination but that didn't happen but detachment happened i don't okay. know why probably it was meant to happen probably yeah now i'll tell you this is very interesting um few weeks back a very dear friend of mine who is my technical guru He happened to ask me he's a pranic healer as well. So he happened to ask me to join one of um, their combined sessions for Buddha Jayanti like pre Buddha Jayanti mm-hmm. event at the Academy Hall. I joined it. And there that was 10 years of suppression within that one hour it did wonders to me. Mm-hmm. I sat there weeping I don't know howling why. I don't mm-hmm. know why. But after that the kind of you know calmness inside yeah. me was exactly what i was looking yeah. for since the past 10 years yeah. <laughs> i was like where was this thing why didn't i do it earlier yeah. like you know and then i realized you know things happen only in time yeah. you can't actually force anybody anything to happen for you before time it's yeah. not possible emotions bit happen with vipassana yeah. energy bit is happening with pranic healing okay So you know I'm learning different things with different huh. not everything is meant for us right Yeah How do you think your work life trading in the stock market affects you personally daily in terms of emotions energy confidence because you know stock market is something there are constant highs lows so many things happening um how does this translate into your daily life You know there are days where I'm like oh my god I don't know what to do with this energy because what I'll say is because the market is either on a upscale or a downscale it's either green or red the energies it gives to you is also either green or red okay <laughs> like you don't know what to do like some days are like 5 seconds you have 10 phone calls and you don't know what to do it's like all over the place there is a lot of information a lot of chaos every click every second has to be on point it has to be sharp it has to be um, undisclosed and it has to be like a lot of things thought off and managed well managed and and not just talking about 11 to 3 there are after bits of it yeah till the settlement and then till the strategic planning there is a lot of things that goes behind the scene plus um when you're also in the forums like investment forums what it does is it gives you a power to talk about the investors in the market on a policy level to the government side so i don't represent it directly but i do the research and backing of it so that information skimming of it the summarization of it 
for to the representatives who will go and talk is something a lot of people think it is an easy job but it is quite like you know a different job at all but uh, what it does to you personally is it gives you a lot of information you get a lot of data and knowledge confidence yes but then it gets overwhelming at times because it's too much in your platter mm-hmm. and you can't handle it so most of the days also go in blur <laughs> like you know <laughs> you've traded you've not you've traded or you've done something in the market and then there's a blur you don't understand what you did mm-hmm. and then it comes back to you like a few days later mm-hmm. and then you come to a realization you know i could have handled it better there is a learning for it mm-hmm. obviously but it's also given me a lot of patience mm-hmm. the the best thing this market has given me a patient given me is a lot a heck lot of patience mm-hmm. so patience on a scale where initially where agar if i you know get frustrated or get annoyed with something that is not happening on a personal level like you know dealing with um, government say you've gone to a government office and they're not working um, they're not giving you something like you know um, whatever you have done you have gone there for you it actually gives you a lot of patience you sit there and wait mm. wait for hours it doesn't matter <laughs> you're just okay with waiting because yeah. you had to wait for years for <laughs> yes. stuff to convert right to yes. make that money so yeah it gives you a lot of patience yeah it also gives you a lot of um, understanding of your networks mm-hmm. so understanding of your resources mm-hmm. like you know what resource is useful what resource you can use um on multitude levels what you cannot so yeah it gives you a bit of uh, filtration mm-hmm. skill mm-hmm. i must say uh you just spoke about thing that you know you hated finance uh you're not good with numbers i'm not good with numbers so mm-hmm. they don't understand uh, investing and as a result we are not confident about it maybe it's something we've never learned about or it's not a part of our regular conversations also right mm-hmm. i would imagine men talk much more about finance than women do you know one common advice we get while talking about saving investing is make sure you have a basic emergency fund make sure if if you're a female and they say if something happens you are financially independent and you can take care of it right that's what we hear all the time and it's important very important in fact right however to get this funds and to get this money this requires a whole level of competence yeah yeah so what do you tell someone who's nervous about investing their money as to what are the basics of investing and as women to be financially independent what are the first you know a few things that they need to tick mark and how can they go about it So this is something I have been imparting since the past 2 years um as my my first slide it in itself mm-hmm. to the audience that I have been doing workshops with is that you know understand your own expectations from the market say I have 10000 rupees as a saving now I want to invest in the market this is my saving it's not um I'm not um getting it borrowed from anybody right so what i will need to understand is what is it that i want um out of this 10000 rupees that i put in the market what kind of returns am i looking at what is the time and energy that i want to give in these are the few mm-hmm. questions that i want to ask myself mm-hmm. as a very newbie right mm-hmm. 
So out of the 10,000 I've invested or I am about to invest, do I want to like, you know, invest the money and then get a return within the week, within a month, within six months, within a year? What is it am I looking for? And how much do I want, want to earn? So do I want a 50% return, 20% return, 30% return, 100% return? Do we get 50%, 100% returns? Look. I would like to know that as well. <laughs> we do, but that is the amount of energy and effort you have to m make a place into every day. Yeah. That is the time commitment you're talking about. So that, so by the expectation is what I'm trying to um, mm -hmm. also make sure people understand is there is a difference between investing and trading. Yeah. Investing is for six months and above long term. It is very uh, much of a less risk risk associated, but you know it's negligible risk. So you get a dividend from a good company every year. On the basis of that, on the basis of the company's face value, you um, in, you invest into it. So you invest into it three, four, five months. You just recheck, and then when you when this company gives you a dividend after you look at its history and stuff, that is an investment bit of it. So your money is secure, the prices might fluctuate, but um, the dividend you get is like, you know, what the expectation must be of. So 20%, 20. The average dividend used to be in Nepal. Last year, it has um, been a bit chaotic with the liquidity situation. Mm -hmm. But before that, the years, yesteryears before that, was a 20, 22, 25%. Which is quite good, I think. Which is damn good. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't have yeah. this in any sort of the planet. Yeah. So US is roughly 7, 8, 10%. India is 10%, 12% more. Um, like, you know, the different, even for, so I will also give you another example um, after I finish with this. The second bit of it is you also want to, might want to understand that, you know, trading side of it, requires your attention and effort on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. It is not of a fundamental company that you trade with. It is just about the flow and trend in market. So there are various analysis um, associated with it, which is something you have to do after a bit of experience in the market. So you always either start with IPOs. So I, uh, IPOs is initial public offering, which is obviously the primary market. Whenever a company opens, it opens to the public first, and then it goes on to the secondary market. So IPOs is a risk-less game. So that is one thing. Um, I've come, so last year, there were two companies, NRIC and NIFRA. So most of, um, most of the applicants, whoever applied, got either 40 or 60 units of it, right? It was one of the largest IPOs opened. So imagine, I'm just mm -hmm. talking about a number. I'll mm -hmm. just take my calculator. Mm -hmm. Whoever got um, 60 units, most of us got, right? 60 units. Within three weeks, that one person sitting at home gained 36,000 rupees with one IPO, mm -hmm. investing 6,000 rupees. Mm. So that's the kind of IPO game we're looking at. In Nepal, it is... Um, so IPOs are a safe bet to start with if someone's looking at starting with investing. Yes, yes. It's very good. One IPO. The second one being investing. So investing very small amount of money um, and also investing in the one of the safest companies. Like, you know, um, if you're looking at... There are 12 different indexes. Mm -hmm. So we are like banking, development banks, finances, 
um, insurance. So we have two in insurance, life and non-life insurance. We have hotels and tourism, manufacturing. So all out of these 12 sectors, you might want to look at a sector, something very stable is m more of a banking side. Nepal market is more about banking um, sector, right? So it's 72% controlled by the BFIs, banking and financial sector. So that being um, the backbone of the whole market in itself, banking sector is a very fundamentally valued investing sector. So out of that, what you want to do is you want to look at the lists, which is on available in all the online platforms. This list is updated um, time and again every uh, few months. I must say two months, three months. Yeah. So that's where you look at and you look at the top uh, banks, like, you know, top banks with good yearly dividends. So you do literally that analysis. You see top one or two banks. That's where you start. Okay. That's where you put your, like, you know, very less amount of... 10,000, 20,000, whatever your amount is, that's where you head with. That's where you take the first step Exactly. Investing. You don't actually need to have, like, you know, a large sum of money, like 1 lakh, 10 lakh, like a crore rupees. You don't need that. You can start as much, as less as 10,000 rupees. With IPOs, 1,000 rupees. Um, in the secondary market, as less as 10,000 rupees. And with 10,000 rupees, you have less fear of losing that money. Mm -hmm. So IPOs, if you have one, I mean, if you get one, because there it's a really um, lux game out there. The second one being investment side, but a very secure investment, like a very fundamentally good script mm -hmm. and a very small amount of money. That's how you enter the market. That will give you a little bit of more confidence towards doing something else in the market. And then before getting into, you know, a high level, like, say, a few lakhs rupees investment in the market, you at least give yourself at least six to eight months of time bef in the market so that you at least see a trend in the market. You understand what is going on. You gain a bit of confidence. Yeah. And if you're talking about, you know, women being starting to be financially independent, mm -hmm. uh, what are the things they should be looking at as to, you know, this this is what I should be saving or I can start saving for? Like, what would you suggest? Okay. Mm, one is even if you build an emergency found fund with a thousand rupees, please start that. Mm -hmm. I mean, start somewhere. Even if it means that you're just, you know, um, saving a thousand rupees into that piggy bank or a saving investment um, bank account, do that. Even if it means 500 rupees, it's okay. Okay to start at least somewhere. The second bit of it is if you have a kid, I try and, you know, put this creative side out there. I don't know if women understand. I'm trying to figure it out still. Um, if you have a kid, because we get a lot of tansaitikas and like, you know, all, all that savings and um, when your birthday is there, so birthday rituals and like elders give you money and all of that. So you put that, uh, open a child minors account, first of all. There's also a DMAT minors account. So what you can do is you put that all of your um, kids saving into that bank account instead of a piggy bank. Piggy bank will not grow you more money. At least bank interest will give you some certain amount of interest right and what you can do is also open a dmat account for your child and start also doing ipos for your child because over the years it will accumulate and when your child is say 18 or 20 or when he or she wants to go out for studies or wants to do something here in itself 
at least he has a seed fund of money because the accumulation happens over a period of time and 10, 15, 20 years is a good amount of time to accumulate and multiply it by numbers. Mm -hmm. It is damn good. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where these are few things women might want to understand. With a financial independence, what we need to understand is there are four steps to financial literacy. A, earning. We all have been earning. Whether it be rental income, so there are different subsidies where we understand how incomes work. So there's active income and there's passive income. Rental income might be your active, uh, sorry, your passive income. But your job might be your active income. Your business might be your active income, right? If you do freelancing, that might be your active income. If there's any inheritance or like, you know, um, some investment returns, that's passive income. So understand your incomes, first of all. It's easy. You don't actually need maths mm -hmm. and science for that. Second, you need to understand that you need to save out of your income, all of the income bracket. What you want to understand is you might want to not just save 20%, but little bit you can at least um, try and push yourself at times, go 25%. Splurge into saving more than shopping. That, do that. And then you put that 5% extra sometimes into your emergency fund. You know, you can do that as well. You can play around with that numbers. Um, do that. Sometimes you might want to actually take it down to 15 instead of 20. So that's upon your comfort, right? Um, the third thing you want to do is you want to budget. Budget all of that. Budgeting starts. We, we women are born to budget. We, we've seen our grandmothers budget in our homes, in our kitchens, right from the rationing of um, the food quota, that is exactly the skill set we are born with and that is what we need to just copy and paste into finance. That's the only difference that we need to like, you know, apply in real life. That's what I did. That's what I saw my parents doing. I saw my grandmother doing. So hence, it's that easy for women. Um, this happens with budgeting. You also need to understand that, you know, instead of expenses, I know there might be like, you know, a lot of stress, like, you know, your kids might have to go to school, accommodation, rentals, X, Y, Z. I mean, like fooding, all of that is there. But always give your priority to savings. Mm -hmm. Even if it is a 10% of the whole budget, savings should be number one mm -hmm. in your budgeting, like mm -hmm. budgeting list, you know. That's when your habits will change. So a change of habits on a daily or on a monthly basis will also gather you to like you know getting to your achievement that is one thing the last bit of it don't keep all your eggs in one basket so even if you have a job or a business you also need to have an investment on the side so that at least the investment money whatever you return you get on a yearly basis you can reinvest and your capital will be growing that ways those are the few things that mm -hmm. I want to put it out um, for the women mm -hmm. and the listeners that we're talking to. Yeah. Financial independence is the key to freedom for all women. The freedom that we kind, we're not talking about like, you know, I want to go on a holiday today mm -hmm. and I'm going. Thus, that's it. That's the freedom I want. It's just that there's no mental burden. You're living your life burden free, like for the rest of your life. That in itself is a huge gift if one is able to achieve so. You know, you need to start somewhere in order to get there. So that's what we need to do. And finances, trust me, 
people will mansplain you. Mansplain really literally means men and other people around you will try and like you know act small, act smart, act cool. They'll guide you into like different sort of things that are very that look very far fetched for you. But trust me, it is not that far fetched. Don't listen to anybody. Have you made any investment in terms of either time or money recently in the last six months that you feel has changed your life for the better? So, in terms of time, I just went for two sessions of pranic healing. It's given me the calmness, probably the peace that I was looking for in so many years, yeah, and the energy. Yeah, the energy. I mean, I can feel the energies flowing inside and outside of me um, on a scale. that has affected me deeply mm-hmm. that has affected me where as to control how energies work like control as in like mm-hmm. i can't control the whole energy yeah. but the whole universe's energy in itself you can control your own energy energy and how the energy affects me yeah i can control that yeah. at least you know so i'm trying to gain a little bit more um, insight into it i'm sure it's a long way long journey but yeah i am set to get there yeah and uh, one fellow female you think i should have on the show um i met this lady in a show recently probably a month back a month and a half back um and it's not like that you know i've become best friends with her i think i hardly spoke to her once or twice after the event kohinoor singh agrawal okay. so she owns um the cricket teams Okay yeah, yeah I think I know who you're talking about yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really wish uh, to hear her in your podcast for sure Okay would love to get her soon then <laughs> I I hope I really hope so yeah. because she is one one person she can talk it's because so. she's one lady representing sports in mm. Nepal and now she's into women's sports like women's Oh interesting I didn't know that Yeah women's cricket team and yeah. I was like wow she's like you know getting yeah. there Yeah, would love to have her on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Grace Ronyar, one of the few traders, one of the few female traders on the Nepal Stock Exchange as well as an educator on financial literacy. Thank you to everyone listening to the show this week. Please do follow the podcast on the podcast app that you like listening to and so that you can always have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it is unheard with Saloni and I'm personally available at Saloni Sethia. If you want to contact or drop me an email about a fellow woman or your own story about something you're doing, it is unheardwithsaloni at gmail dot com. I am Saloni, and you've been listening to Unheard with Saloni. <laughs>